This is WFAE Talks, our newsroom podcast. I'm news director Greg Collard, and with me is reporter Ben Bradford. Hello, Ben. Hey, Greg. And now with me is assistant news director Lisa Worf. Lisa, uh, how's that title sound to you? Yes, I have not changed my email signature, nor have I changed my business card. Um, so uh, I should probably get with the program. <laughs> but yes, yes. Well, Lisa was uh, promoted uh, in effective uh, July 1st and well, maybe a little bit before that. But <laughs> You went out on vacation. So yes, I think yeah, you, you took you over. Felt like the hardest first week that I think that anyone getting promoted like that could, could have. We had the uh, the Charleston shooting. Um, and then like a series of other things like later on in the week. Well, the flag was, controversy then erupted. Flag, right, was, it began, yeah, where the but, flag right. controversy began. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And NPR was calling for folks like Ben to go down to Columbia and yep. having to, to balance that with what we're doing. So, right. yeah, it got a good taste of, of what you do on a daily basis, Greg. And <laughs> well, that was a little I was, bit more. I was I, impressed. And, and I was uh, having a good time at the beach. <laughs> well, you were working hard, so but tried not to bother you too much. <laughs> I want to just really brag about the coverage we've had this this week, really the last last couple last few weeks. I mean, it's just been outstanding by our newsroom over uh, the Charleston shootings and the Confederate flag, and and we've we've been down there multiple days in Columbia. We have filed several. Uh, feature reports, two ways, and spot reports for two ways are interviews. Yes, two ways are interviews for uh, for NPR on both All Things Considered and Morning Edition. We've been on Here and Now too. Done so much local, uh, great local reporting. Uh, it just and it's been a team effort just from people who went down there, like you, Ben, and people who Ben were, said he filed ten times while he was down there. By the way, uh, yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> it, it's. And, and but also the the great support we had for for everyone in in the newsroom monitoring different things that were going on. Uh, I know you all out in the field relied on our some of the reporters that were here, kind of taking care of things from oh, the newsroom. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a team effort. Um, it was, you know, there's a lot of logistical challenges about basically going any place like that and and, and producing radio and producing high quality radio with the sound that people expect and the, mm-hmm. the voices of the people that are there. And essentially you don't have any of this, you know, fancy equipment that we're uh, sitting in front of right now. So you're using your, your field equipment and a couple of other things that the, that the newsroom has and supplies. Um, but there's a lot of sort of making things up on the go. I remember I, I edited um, a story that aired on WFAE and then another one, uh, another version of it that aired nationally um, about this, you know, it was a silly story. It was about this uh, soul line dancing class that mm-hmm. happened to be out at the state capitol after the Confederate flag, fl- uh, or after the the Senate voted to pass the the bill to take down the Confederate flag. And I was editing it in my car um, because you know the, I was already checked out of the hotel, and um, I needed just like a quiet place where I could hear the audio. Um, and I and also you think about like where you have to have to narrate from. Um, where when I'm doing the piece like that and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm telling you what happened, you know, you, you try to find as quiet a place as possible. So there's nothing distracting. So the quietest place I could find was my car in 92 degree weather with no air conditioning. <laughs> uh, I, I, all that turned off and did that. And then it didn't make sense to go somewhere else cause I was on a deadline. And so then just, I'm mixing the thing in your car and you're just kind of like, wow, this is, you know, what am I, what am I doing? But, but everybody does that. And, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it did work out really well. It was a heck of a story just in general. I mean, this week has been pretty incredible. Um, the whole, the whole, um, I guess, I guess timeline since those, since the Charleston shooting 
his um I mean, it's been pretty amazing to watch develop. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it definitely is. Did you get that? Did you get that sense of when you were there? This was definitely a, a huge historic moment. Did you feel that way when you were covering? I it, think or? that they're getting that feeling more today, um, mm-hmm. based on on the coverage of our folks that are down there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was funny because there were certainly things that were unusual that were happening, but because it was it was just ramping up, the 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 debate was just ramping up. It was the beginning of the effort to pass this bill. It was really more of a question of will this pass? We knew it would pass the Senate. It wasn't clear quite what the prospects were going to be in the House. It was it was a pretty close vote in the House mm-hmm. um, to ultimately uh, uh, get the thing through. Um, and yeah, no, the, and there were a series of a, a more there was a series of of amendments that slowed Absolutely. everything and down. Every single and, and and you know if any of those had caught momentum, it would have really thrown a wrench into things. So so for me, you know, when I was there. You went outside and you saw the, the the flag flying and the Confederate flag flying at this you know um, right in front of the state capitol building and there was varying amount varying amounts of protesters nothing like what it was today mm-hmm. like the amount of people that turned out to see the thing taken down um, but you could definitely tell tensions were high both you know inside the the Senate chamber and outside on the grounds you know I mean I saw one of the things that didn't make it into one of my stories. I don't want to sensationalize it or anything like that, but it's still a strange thing in and of itself. You saw one of the people that was protesting for the flag to stay up push a woman who was protesting for the flag to stay, to, to be taken down. You know, that's a thing that you, you don't want to see. And you're very, you know, I mean, there was a you know man pushing a woman, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, shoving her and, and, and she was fine. And, you know, the police came in and, and intervened. You know, they were all there to protect against it. And, and that wasn't necessarily the, the, the tenor of the entire thing, right. but I think it was an indication of, just you know how how high the tension were uh, was, and the idea that you know both groups are protesting over something at the same site with completely diametrically opposed, unreconcilable views. There were it also was, some cases of people getting along too with these diametrical views too. Yeah, right? there were. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there was. Uh, you know, at one point there, uh, you know, one of the guys that was that was protesting for the flag to stay up, you know, was offering a bottle of water. Like I said, it was you know very hot, hot outside, and Columbia offered a bottle of water to. Um, one of the guys who was holding the sign saying, honk, if you want the flag to come down. And he'd been standing out there since 730 in the morning. And so, you know, he's offering water to him. So, you, yeah, you definitely had both sides. But, you know, certainly the tension was there. Uh, what struck me with uh, what Tom said this this morning with the flag being taken down, I mean, it sounded like most of the people there were, were uh, saw this as a big victory. But, you know, there were a few people who were carrying Confederate flags and had a very different view of what that mm-hmm. uh, flag symbolized. And he said, you know, uh, one of them was saying, you know, ho- holding um, a thank you uh, sign to the governor for taking it down. And one man uh, holding a Confederate flag, you know, after the whole thing was said and done, they kind of looked at each other, nodded at each other and, and walked away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it sounds like maybe some of that, det- you know, that tension was diffused a little bit and uh, things relaxed for the the actual ceremony. Uh, I was talking to Duncan a little bit ago, Duncan McFadden. At today's event, he said one of the things that struck him was just the number of people who took their their kids there, their grandkids and traveled. Uh, he talked to someone who traveled from Charleston, took their 14-year-old son there. And just it was a big mm-hmm. – We got, saw – we heard from someone who had um, four generations of their family there to watch it come down. Right. And so just a big – this was a big family event for a lot of, for a lot of people. And to me, that, that was pretty powerful to, to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the days this week, Governor Haley had a, a caucus with House Republicans imploring them to pass this legislation. Uh, I know you covered mainly the Senate. Did you ever get a sense that they were worried about some of the efforts by some of the Republican colleagues to slow this down, that this could really make them look bad? I, I think that in the Senate, it was pretty clear this thing was going to roll through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
certainly it, it seems like they got some concessions. Uh, Senator Lee Bright, for instance, announced he wouldn't filibuster, um, mm-hmm. which would have added some days to it. Um, so, you know, the, the, the only reason to do that, it, it, you know, the only reason he, he that for, for those, you know, essentially you have to work out deals for those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You say, you know, th- th- this is how the political process works. And um, y- y- you talk to people and you say, hey, uh, and, and so you know, his announcement that he wouldn't do that certainly suggests that there were some behind the scenes conversations um, uh, about this. And certainly he had to think about whether or not he was going to do that. Now, he offered some other amendments mm-hmm. and uh, and they, they allowed him to do that and allowed them to get to a vote and uh, and, and so forth. And those amendments were, were defeated. One would have put it to a vote, a referendum, and another one would have let the flag fly um, a couple of days a year. Um, and, and it's possible that that was part of a deal mm-hmm. or it was possible that, you know, but but uh, I, I think that in general, that is a it is a it is a sticky issue um, because, you know, and you got to remember, the only reason that this thing passed is because of the Charleston shooting. And that that involved the death of someone in the South Carolina State Senate, one of their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, is Clemente Pinkney, uh, Pinkney who um, was the pastor at the Charleston Church. And, you know, you saw a major reversal from people who knew this man and then saw sort of the fallout and saw who the shooter was and, you know, as the, uh, the, the alleged shooter as as those as that information came out um, and, and and how uh, he was using the, the flag as a symbol mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and sort of his perspective and, and, and getting more of a sense of that. I think that really brought it home. And I think that that made it a difficult thing for people to vote against the bill to take it down. Sure. And I think that also um, it put people, if, if they wanted to vote against it, put them in a tricky position. But at the same time, of course, right, because it is just one of these things that is so divided and divisive um, it, that it also, even for people voting for, that's still a tough decision one way or the other. Um, I, I think that everybody wanted it done with one way or the other as quickly as possible mm-hmm. because of that. And so I think that, you know, the, the, the indications we got in the House from, from Speaker Jay Lucas, you know, I kept contacting his office saying, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And um, they he was in meetings um, the uh, the every time I called um, yeah. and uh, I never got a call back. Um, and I think, you know, th- and he, he had released one statement saying that he wanted a swift resolution. That was back um, uh, in June uh, when the, the, these discussions first started. Mm-hmm. He allowed there be to be a vote to you know go and do this thing. Um, and he and, and he got to decide the process in the House, which they, they moved it out of committee and moved it through quickly. At the same time, his statements suggested that, you know, maybe he wasn't fully on board with um, bringing the flag down. He talked about how there had been a compromise um, back in, in, in his statement in, in June. He talked about how there had been a compromise back in 2000 to move the flag off the top of the state capitol building and then move it to this uh, to, to where it was until today at – um, this memorial, this Confederate memorial site on the Capitol grounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that um, people didn't want to talk about this too much. Um, uh, they wanted it done with as quickly as possible, people who were in those difficult positions. And that especially includes Republicans who were uh, in favor of it because it, it tended to be, it, it, you know, over time it has tended to be not 100 percent, not blanket, but it has tended to be um, more Democrats who want it down and uh, more Republicans who are who, who who say that it should it should stay up. Mm-hmm. Well, another somewhat related story uh, this week. You covered Lisa uh, com- the future of Confederate monuments in the area. There are many Confederate monuments, of course, and there are a few in Mecklenburg County. One in particular on public property at the uh, 
Memorial Stadium. Yes, at, yeah, at, just at kind Memorial of on the Stadium. edge of Memorial Stadium, real close to CPCC. And the county commission this week uh, discussed what to what to do about it, and 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 largely the consensus was nothing. Yeah, and um, you know George Dunlap, he was one of the he was the first to speak basically about this, and first thing he said was, you know. The county got wind of this because someone, a local uh, media outlet, uh, said, hey, you got a memorial, Confederate memorial on your land. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to do anything about it? And he said, look, you know, I feel like uh, had uh, no one pointed this out to us, this wouldn't have been an issue. And, the, you know, South Carolina's problem is is not Mecklenburg County's. Uh, you know, this is in a uh, tucked away location that we wouldn't know about unless uh, we had heard about it uh, from the, the the outlet and um you know let's just leave it as it is and regard it as history uh there were two commissioners uh who were very much opposed to that uh chairman trevor fuller and uh commissioner vilma leak said hey you know this is a hateful this it says it, it there are four confederate flags engraved on the stone in this uh monument but it it says uh, that basically uh, the South accepted uh, defeat um, and went ahead to build, a, you know, continue the Anglo-Saxon civilization, something to, to that ex- extent. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of the commissioners said this is not, most of them said this is not appropriate language. But again, this is uh, something that's not in a prominent place and, and hasn't... Uh, gotten a lot of people uh, criticizing it. And and all the commissioners that you mentioned, all three are African-American. Uh, yes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. George Dunlap, who was for leaving it up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Bill Malik and Trevor Fuller, who were for taking yeah. it down. And that's, of course, that's, of course, interesting because, of course, the um, uh, so much of the, the debate, I don't even know if I need to spell this out, but I mean, so much of the debate, right, is, is, is the flag, uh, is the Confederate flag being used as an anti-civil rights movement mm-hmm. symbol and, and 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 as a symbol of segregation and and, and you heard so many people in 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 the, in the Senate and the House in South Carolina talk about it as a symbol of racism being viewed as a symbol of racism. That of course was the grounds of the debate. Is you know is it a racist divisive symbol or is it a symbol of of heritage and tradition and so forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was also interesting to see how many uh, sort of monuments and markers there are linked to the confederacy and you know most of from what i could tell most of the markers were pretty historical in nature i mean they they as far as they did not interpret history they said here was the north carolina military institute um and you know kind of left it at that Mm -hmm. but you know there are a couple memorials there's one just outside of the old city hall uh charlotte's old city hall and then uh, of course, uh, in Elmwood Cemetery, where there's quite a big one that, uh, you know, several years ago, the city decided to take that flag down. But there are other representations of the Confederate flag on on uh, markers uh, there. Well, do you think we're going to hear about this again or is the issue closed? Well, so the county commission brought it up, basically, because the county manager, Dina DiOrio, had said, hey, I'm looking for some guidance on this after we were contacted that we have this memorial. And so I wanted to hear from, you know, the commission. And, um, you know, after their discussion it was about an hour and a half discussion or so, uh, that's kind of where it left. So it's up to, to her to, you know, bring this up again or, or make a decision. But my feeling is that 
it, it may be pretty uh, pretty shut at this mm-hmm. point. What was the media outlet? <laughs> yeah. you, you ever find out who it was? I didn't. Yeah. They yeah. never named the the outlet in the meeting, mm-hmm. and I didn't check back with it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why they wanted didn't want to say specifically. Another story, not totally unrelated to all this stuff that you cover. We did manage to get a little bit of news on the different news this week. Uh, you covered an interesting story, Ben. I think would have gotten more attention if not for events this week. Just about a, a, a jobs announcement in Charlotte, 300 jobs. But we learned that uh, it really became a political rally of sorts with Governor McCrory here saying, hey, this is an example of why we need to expand our use of incentives or have more money available for what's going to call JDIG funds. And, oh, we learned that uh, pretty much the the new round of money that was approved for – that lawmakers approved for this year. Yeah, it, it, was, it was scheduled money. The way that it works is there's $15 million a year, but it comes out um, – uh, basically on the half year. And so they got another seven and a half million dollars um, starting July 1 um, that, that, that into this into this JDIG fund. Right. And so um, the, the announcement was Dimensional Fund Advisors. And this is a, a financial company coming into Charlotte and, you know, 300 plus jobs. Average salary is around one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So this is one of those you know sort of headquarters. In this case, it's an East Coast headquarters, but it's one of those like headquarters situations where Charlotte likes to attract um, you know, a lot of high paying jobs. So it's going to be investment and so forth. But what was funny about it is, is right. I mean, first of all, is that it, it became the opportunity while they were touting dimensional fund advisors being there. And this was at a chamber of commerce event. They also every single speaker. Um, well, the, the two speakers that are state officials, Governor Pat McCrory and his commerce secretary, John Scavarla, uh, and the dimensional fund advisors chairman, uh, who is in town from Austin, Texas, where they're based, all of them plugged incentives. Um, <laughs> and this, of course, you know, is, is the big fight. Um, one of the big fights in the, in the budget is uh, where the, the Senate wants, um, you know, is, is really skeptical of the idea of um, giving tax breaks to businesses for, uh, for, for moving here. And their argument is we're giving tax breaks already with the tax uh, overhaul plans we've been improving. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's part tax. of the argument is right. They've, they've, they've offered some things to lower the you know, North Carolina's corporate tax and so forth to try to make it more attractive and those kinds of things. And then just in general, I think that the idea of particularly the very conservative and, and rural Senate um, is that the idea of just giving tax breaks to businesses um, and, and, and choosing favorites is um, problematic. And and you, it's funny. It's one of those issues that that, that also like sort of the, the the further on the on the on the right the people are, and, and the further on the left that they are, they tend to kind of agree on that. Mm-hmm. But they don't like incentives. You saw um, earlier this year the um, I think it was the the Tax Policy Center. Um, it's a which is a um, division of NC Policy Watch that they released a report uh, called Picking Losers that was very critical of of North Carolina's JDIG program. And then at the same time, you see same, similar things from the John Locke Foundation on the right. Mm-hmm. So – and the Senate tends to be more rural and, and a lot of this money tends to go to urban areas. And so they've what they've done is they've said, OK, well, we'll extend it for two years. But we're going to make it really hard for this money to go to um, uh, to urban areas that are that are already doing well. We want to push this money out to to rural areas. So a couple of things that happened at this press conference that were interesting is one you already mentioned, which is that that, that Secretary Scavarla – Said, hey, you know that seven and a half million dollars? Well, guess what? It's already locked up. We've we've already um, uh, we, we've used it up. And it turns out they don't, they haven't approved all of the contracts that would use it. They've done three so far, mm-hmm. um, 
including with, with dimensional fund advisors being by far the biggest um, this year. But there are other ones in other stages of the process. And they haven't had money for a while because they used up um, most of the fund was pretty much gone um, uh, in, I want to say, January or February um, without being able to just check my notes right here. And so they had other ones that were in the pipeline that okay. they knew they wanted to do and so forth. But either way, that money is gone already. And, and, and Scavarla said, um, give us no limit. Make, us, make it unlimited amounts of money that we can, that we can spend on incentives. And, and, and the reason for that, they have, there, there isn't, that's not just like a, um, a mandate. And, and they're, what they're saying is that's not just a mandate to go and, and spend a ton of money because what they say is, look, every company we bring in, the, the incentives are tax breaks. Mm-hmm. So we give them back a certain amount of what they spend in taxes. So we never lose money on this. If a business comes in, we don't lose money on that. Of course, the problem is um, for, for opponents of that, is not only are you um, are, are you then picking who gets tax breaks? You know, I mean, you know, you know Greg Collard, you don't get tax breaks, right. but you know, this business comes in and it does get tax breaks. Um, you know, how is that fair? That's that's one argument, um, and, then, and then the other one is just you know, if you bring everybody in and and promise you know all these different tax breaks, it becomes this race to the bottom where maybe you could be getting, maybe you could be attractive to people and, and bring them in here and get their taxes. And, and and be able to use that, but instead you're not getting any tax money, um, and they, 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 it becomes this expectation. And really, the state doesn't get a return for having these people in here, particularly depending on how much money you're you're giving them. It could be anywhere from you know from ninety percent on down. Mm-hmm. Well, based on your your coverage, uh, your reporting of this issue over the last year, do you think what do you, how receptive do you think the Senate will be to the administration's arguments for an uncapped JDIG fund? <laughs> Well, that's not happening. <laughs> I mean, that's not happening. I, the, the, the debate is going to be between. But I mean, certainly, you know, it's one of those things where you you, you put out something that you know is not going to happen and say, "Hey, this is a bargaining mm-hmm. position." But but the, but the governor um, has already uh, sort of endorsed and and and, and the House budget, but the, the House passed its budget sort of follows, or I'm sorry, in, in, in their in their incentive bill. Um, Sort of follows what the governor wanted. So really, the, the 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 debate is going to be between the Senate proposal, which is to extend it for two years. Um, they have a way for like very big companies, like think like an auto dealer or sorry, an, an an auto maker coming in, like a car maker coming in, where you could you could give them more incentive money. It would like increase the pot available um, in, in the Senate proposal, but otherwise it would be you know only a couple of years, and it would be. Um, uh, you know, again, put restrictions on, on on urban areas and so forth. Whereas the house would make more money available immediately, extend the program for four years, and not have those restrictions. So I think that's what the debate is between. How it ends up at this point is really anyone's guess. I mean, that that's going to tie into the larger budget fight, which we'll be covering in the coming weeks. All right, Ben Bradford, Assistant News Director, Lisa Worf. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. you.